Hey, how's it going, Suds? Happy New Year! I was gonna ask you, this is our first show in the new year. Who was I impersonating? Happy New Year! How about Frosty the Snowman? Yes! Okay. Just a little bit of the holiday magic holding on. Anyway, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Welcome to 2024, although we're about halfway through the first month. You know what? I want to ask you this. I hear it every year, every year, and I ignore it. I... It's something that just seems so silly that people keep bringing it up. But did you do any resolutions this year? Have you resolved to do anything? I didn't make resolutions. But since the first, I have incorporated three things into my routine Okay. daily. 20 minutes of reading, a book, not, you know, articles. Not the internet. Right. A book. 20 minutes of working on a foreign language. Wow. And 20 minutes walking. Really? Either outside, around the house, on the treadmill. That's it. Nothing spectacular. I figured those three things. I'm going to call those goals. I thought, can it be a goal? It can be a goal, but I want to continue it every day of the yeah. year. Well, I guess you have to put a like an endpoint on those. Like, uh... I think I put into this app I want to read six books a year. <laughs> Back in the old days, I used to say, I'm going to read a book a month. Yeah. And I never would read. I have... Dozens of books that I have bought and have not finished. Yeah, I do, about, <laughs> I do that. About a third of them I never even started. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it looks impressive. You know, I, I've heard it said before that anytime you buy a book, you always feel that you're buying the time to read it. And that's never the case. But I figured 50, 20 minutes, that's not too long. No, no. My wife, last year, read 14 books. Wow. 14. More than one a month. That's so, good. That's I think it's great because I usually do one, one a year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if my kids. I, mean, I think my my kids are you know in their twenties, almost thirty. Um, I don't know if they read much yeah. other than for work or you know when they were in school, but not just to pick up a a book and read. I was having a discussion yesterday. Or this was, we're doing this on January 11th, but the other day I was talking to somebody about uh, newspapers Mm -hmm. and how nobody reads them anymore, or very few. I think the small town newspapers are important, but the larger publications, um, it's just hard. I find it difficult, maybe I'm just showing my age and ignorance, to read like the Washington Post online edition, because I'm either doing it on my computer or my phone, mm-hmm. and I, I just find that more time-consuming and not as easy to do than if you had the actual paper. You know, I started getting away from the newspaper probably about two years prior to their demise. So you were it was, Nostradamus. No, it was one of those <laughs> things where I can't speak for everybody's newspaper, but our newspaper was getting smaller. I mean, physically smaller. Well, narrower, yeah. Yeah. And it was becoming less and less authored by people that were in town. Uh, another corporation owned them from another city, and they were trying to phone it in. And it was just it just became something that I wasn't interested in. And that's no different than what we did with radio. That's exactly right. We started noticing the uh, syndication or mm-hmm. these uh, 
services that would pump in music. Yep. Even when I was in radio in the late 80s, starting at this one station, we had, we didn't have records. We didn't even have carts. Yeah. Carts are these cartridges that you'd Look like eight-track tapes. Yeah, eight-track tapes. We had reels. And each week we'd get a delivery of four reels, mm-hmm. and we'd have a schedule which reel to play. And it was about two or three hours on each reel. And that's where all the songs were. Yeah. yeah. Was it that Drake Chenault? Was that who it was? Drake Chenault? I can't remember Music's... that. Well, what I was going to say about newspapers, though, is what I did remember doing when I did read a newspaper, and this is why I don't like reading them online, because first of all, everything is really small on my, on my phone anyway. Then you have to keep going, going, and there's always these ads that if you hit it just wrong, it pops up and they're trying right. to sell you some marshmallows or whatever. The thing I always used to do with the newspapers, you open it up, you're reading along, and something out of the corner of your eye is another headline. And you can look over at that. And you go, oh, I'm going to read that right after I get done with this. And then you go and look at that. And then you can see something else on that page. You see a lot more with an open newspaper than you do with a, a computer screen. And I did a lot more impulsive reading when I read the newspaper than I do when I read anything online. Right. So I don't know if anybody else has that problem, but... I think we've scared away any 20-somethings that we're reading or listening to this. (laughs) But, you know, it's time has come and passed Mm -hmm. for what it used to be. Right. I mean, you look in New York, like in the 50s and 60s, even the 70s, the circulation of those news, some of those newspapers were in the millions. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And I used to love grabbing the sports section the next day to see who won because oh, you yeah. really couldn't find out unless you got some partial scores during your late night newscast at yep. 11 p.m., yep. uh, 10 p.m. if you're in the central time zone, <laughs> which is the best time zone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, or I'd read and stuff, and it used to be cool. I remember I used to get, I got upset. Washington Post, you know, they call themselves the New York Times, the Gray Lady or whatever. But the Washington Post had black and white photos. And I remember when they went to color photos. And I thought, this is an outrage. <laughs> I was outraged. I was offended back oh, in man. the 80s or early 90s when they went to color photos. They but cheapened it they by cheapened. making it better. Right. How dare them? Yeah. But I used to love reading the paper. I can't remember the last time. USA Today was cool. I love that. Is it still it being produced? It is. It's like $2 or something. Is it it's, really? It's Jeez. pretty narrow and thin. But I haven't bought one in years. Yeah. It's, it was always a great newspaper, It was though. a great newspaper for sports. Yeah. I, that was what I liked to do the next day, pick up the box scores. I would comb over box scores until I started getting, start working more, where you're working more days and more hours, mm. and before then you have, have to sacrifice everything, so I didn't... I don't even know if they put box scores in the paper anymore. What? They must. They must, right? Yeah, I mean, to. on my phone, I can go to the MLB app and look at the box scores. Yeah, that's, but... that's what I do. <laughs> Anyway, do you miss baseball yet? Are you excited? Because we're about, what, three weeks away from first players reporting? Yeah, you know, uh, are we really three weeks away? Isn't it? We're, what, mid-January, probably beginning yeah, of February. Good night it moves fast. Yeah, I'm real excited. I, uh, I, I'm going to admit to something in front of our many, many thousands of listeners. I am a sports card collector, and I just absolutely love collecting cards. And recently, one of the card companies came out with a a draft draft um, collection, meaning all the people that were chosen in the, the the latest draft. And a lot of these guys now that play that play baseball now 
I'm just, when I say now, like, like in the last two to three years, they're coming straight out of college, they're coming straight out of high school, super well-trained, and they're making their way into the end, uh, 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 Major League Baseball much quicker than they ever used to, which is why you see some of the older, when I say older, some of the more established ball players finding themselves at the end of, at the beginning of the season with no team mm -hmm. because there's so much youth being poured in who's going to work a lot cheaper than these guys. And it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see. I feel bad for some of my veterans because I miss some of them. But there are guys right now that are so incredibly electric in the, uh, that, are, that are going to probably start the year in the minors. But many of them are going to see, many of them are going to see playing time probably in August. So we're going to be able to see these young guys that were just drafted, a few of them, not all of them. And it's going to be exciting because they're just, they're kids. They're literally 19, 20, 21. So, yeah, I'm real excited. Well, good. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I, I was trying to find online the dates the team players are to report, but it says the Cactus League season, that's when they start playing, starts February 22nd. They start playing games. So, who knows? But it's coming up. Usually, probably for certain after the Super Bowl, which is the second Sunday in February. You know, it's interesting because I remember years ago, when they used to play, well, before the Super Bowl era, which I don't recall because I'm not that old. Yeah. I mean... By the way, the Lions were awesome during that era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they used to play the championship game at the end of December. But then the Super Bowl came, and then they pushed it into January because you had more playoffs, which, mm -hmm. you know, beginning of January, mid-January. But I do recall the earliest Super Bowl, I think, was... Super Bowl eleven against the the Vikings against the Raiders, and that was played. And I don't want to I want to test my memory. I think yeah, January 9th, nineteen seventy seven. Really, that was in seventy seven. I don't yeah. But well, what happened was I think it was the next year seventy eight. They went to a sixteen game schedule. Now we have a seventeen game schedule, and they have a bye week. And honestly, at this point. They should have two bye weeks. I think each team should have two bye weeks. It's, Why? 17 games is too much, a regular season. I just think it opens you up to more injuries. The players are exhausted. They're tired. Give them two bye weeks. They used to have two bye weeks in the 90s. No. Yeah. But then they added, like, extra wild card teams. Now you have extra. Okay. Yep, and then that's that stupid, which I've always thought stupid, the two-week break between the conference championship yeah. game and the Super Bowl. But right now, the Super Bowl is ending in mid-February, so what's another week? You know, maybe make it up. You know what they should do? They should do it, extend it another week so it takes place on the Sunday night of President's Day weekend. Because President's Day is a Monday, so a lot of people are off work. That makes sense to people me. People stay up late. Yeah. Make it a big weekend. Right. Big time weekend. Everybody That's takes it off. Do. And I think we're headed that way, but unfortunately, I think they're going to go to 18 games. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of football, I mean, do you care that Nick Saban retired as coach of Alabama? Uh, and Bill no. Belichick kind of parted ways with the Patriots. It just happened today, I think. Yeah, he. Uh, I, the first thing I heard was they let him go. Second time I heard, it, he left on his own. So I don't know what was real, but he's no longer. He's you know, he's been around for twenty some years. He was there for twenty four years. Twenty four years, yeah. And you could argue Brady made the team and made him a winner, but whatever. He was a good coach. Yeah. I mean, I some people didn't like him in Cleveland. You know, Art Modell. The late Art Modell, who yeah. was the owner of the Browns, he fired Paul Brown mm -hmm. and Bill Belichick. Yeah. 
If you go back and look at the coaching staff from those teams yep. and see how many guys from the coaching staff went on to coach other teams and win Super Bowls, you'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. There were so many. I can't yeah, remember. Paul all Brown them. was great at that. His, so many of his assistants, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll, yeah, went on to coach. But anyway, so Paul Brown took his revenge and started. I'll start my own team. Yeah. The Cincinnati Bengals, and we'll wear the same colors as the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> which is not brown. Although I used to think they wore brown jerseys for a while. Now they, it seems they like did. they wear black with the orange helmets. Yeah, back in the old days, I remember seeing, I remember seeing Jim Brown with a uh, like a chocolate brown jersey. Yeah, and it had some orange stripes on the sleeve, and I, that's a pretty good look. But mm-hmm. then when I grew up in the '70s, watching them, they were always wearing these like, I don't know, kind of a whitish colored pearl colored with brown and orange stripes and it just never looked it looked yeah. like yeah i just came here to get my jersey dirty. most of the uniforms now look like pajamas that's what i was gonna say like when the detroit that. lions wear those all gray uniforms they look like they're wearing whatever those things were what were those things underoos <laughs> the onesies, onesies. They're, they're all going to a sleepover or something there's no there's no even if they put a stripe down the leg, that would make it look more like a uniform yeah. rather than just pajamas. But I think that's universal now in a lot of the sports because baseball's like that now too. Especially if you look at the All Star Game, the All Star uniforms. Ugh, it's, like, it's awful. It's a sleepover. Yeah. So um, yeah. So those coaches. I wonder if Belichick's going to land somewhere else because you know I think he has some talent as a coach. He's very close to getting to Don Shula's all time record. Yeah. The coaching victories and there's a lot of openings on the market now Washington Commanders the Chargers the Seahawks. Titans the Seahawks which was kind of surprising with Pat Pete Carroll but he was like also the oldest coach in the league I think no was he really 70 something oh my gosh I didn't realize I think that. Belichick is I was gonna say 70. I thought he'd be right up there anyway enough did you watch the Golden Globes no. What? You looked at me like, what is that? Yeah, I know what it is, but I I don't watch award shows. I thought they were finished, and then they kind of rebranded it, because it used to be the Hollywood Foreign Press, and now it's called Golden Globe Journalists Association or something, and they choose. And I watched it the day after I recorded it, and um, I got to say, th- 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 this guy, Joe Coy, I think that's his name? Oh, the comedian? Yeah, he was the host. Apparently got the gig 10 days ago. Yeah. And he told some jokes that fell flat. And it's not necessarily his fault. He seems as like a sincerely decent guy, but it just didn't come across very good. And the celebrities all looked like, why am I here? Um, I'm only here because my agent said I'm supposed to be here. And then they had a lot of awards and stuff. It was a three-hour broadcast, which was going to lead me to ask you, have you watched any movies or anything that might be considered, say, for the Academy Awards? Well, let me tell you, did you shoot, uh, there's a show called Beef. That won a lot of awards. TV show. Have you seen Beef? No. No? Um, it's, a, it's on TV? Yeah. Succession. On a, on I know Max. what it is, but I don't watch it. Um, the Crown took some awards, and uh, but the movie of the top comedy or musical was Barbie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And the best drama was, um, I believe it was... I can't remember now, but was it The Holdovers? I think it was The Holdovers. You know, just about every movie you just said, I, 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 in fact, I've never seen any of those. No, and some I'm sorry, not The Holdovers. Them. I'm sorry, Oppenheimer. Oh, st- I didn't see that, but I wanted Oppenheimer. to see it. Yeah, Oppenheimer took Best Picture. Now, Paul Giamatti, who I love as an actor, uh, he won Best Actor for his role in The Holdovers, yeah. which is a wonderful movie. 
if okay. you haven't, if you haven't seen it see it when you can because it's he's a prof- a teacher at this boys school and several kids are stuck there during mm-hmm. winter break and he's responsible for them and they all hate him but he f- forms this one close relationship with this one student who is the lone student to remain on winter break and it it, it kind of reminded me of scent of a woman when al pacino with um the kid the kid went over to watch him for the weekend yeah and i can't remember his name but i can picture him but anyway it had it had shades of that but i really enjoyed it it was a fun movie to watch and and it, and very sentimental good movie excellent watch it but um you know a lot of these movies we don't know right oppenheimer should win barbie would probably be nominated for best picture although i just don't get it um I think also Maestro with. See, did you see Cooper. that? I saw half of it so far. About well, Leonard Bernstein. Yeah, did you did you like it? It was interesting. It's different. It's a little um, artsy. Artsy and uh, yeah, it's artsy. What's the word I'm thinking of? Abstract artsy. and just a little, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, did you see the movie? I think it's called The Creator. Is that the one with Michael Keaton? No. That's what was that one? About where he played Ray Kroc in Founding McDonald's. Oh, yeah, that's maybe that was the founder. The founder, yeah. <laughs> now the creator was out last year, and it's a, if I like science fiction movies, and it was this group of guys that are trying to kill this leader of the AI movement because AI has is taking over, and it's kind of twisted and convoluted, but it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, fun in the way there's a lot of you know blowing things up and destroying towns and that sort of thing but it was really a good movie so i don't think that's probably going to win any awards but it was really a good movie okay well let's see if you identify with any of these christopher nolan got best director which hands down he makes these very interesting movies either you like him or you hate him but his movies are very intriguing killers of the flower moon got a lot of hype i wanted to see that's another like three hour movie he makes i think he has to have at least a three hour movie right (laughs) um but uh, by the way, there is a couple of really, really good videos on YouTube about that. I, I knew about that whole event, events prior to ever knowing about the movie because it's there's a lot of coverage on YouTube. Hold that thought. Okay. I have to go back and make a correction. The best motion picture at the Golden Globes, musical or comedy, was not Barbie. Oh, it was this movie called Poor Things. With Emma Stone. Oh, I saw that. Looks, looks weird. weird. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I don't want to see yeah. that. So my apologies out there for people who, are, who value accuracy, of which I am one of those people. But I was wrong. Gotcha. I was wrong. Mia culpa. Only one time this year. So far. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, there's some good TV out there. And um, I just can't tell you anything good I've watched lately. I mean, I'm watching good stuff, but it's just, you know, I'm right now I'm in a lull. I do like Fargo yeah. on FX. Um, I think the last episode is next week. Um, I went to the movies for the first time this year, about a week ago. went to see Anyone But You. It's a romantic comedy with Sidney Sweeney. Um, cute movie at times. Fun. It's just a, you know, it's yeah. pretty mindless, these, but it was pretty good. I gave it, like, I think, a seven out of 10. Not that I'm a great critic, but I do want to see Boys in the Boat. Okay. Because that's, that, that's uh, a great story about the Clooney's rowing movie? team. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I think he 
financed it or something. And I still want to see Godzilla minus one. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know what's going to happen? He's going to come from the depths. He's going to tear up a town. He's going to save the day, and he's going to go back underwater. I, so save your $25. Mm. I just told you the whole movie. Since our last show, we, I watched Chernobyl. You were telling me about it. That looks like a really good show. I should probably watch that. It's amazing. I mean, there's a lot of theatrical effect, and the writers took some, what's the word, license? But what's the word before license? Artistic. Artistic license. But the facts are, and I didn't realize it, you know, at the time, because we were living through it. 1986. It was bad, but we didn't know how bad. I guess I just didn't pay attention as I was, you know, in school and didn't really care. But it's remarkable how the Soviet Union was so paranoid that their first reaction was to a nuclear disaster and exposing the whole town to it was, let's get them out of here. Their first instinct was, cut the phone lines and nobody is leaving because we don't want this to get out. Yeah. Well, by the second day, the United States found out because the radiation reached Sweden. Mm-hmm. And then they took satellite photos. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they evacuated the whole town. Yeah, But it just shows you the Soviet Union was so paranoid about looking weak, even when we knew they were weak at yeah. times. Still know they're weak. Yeah, It hasn't changed. You know, I remember when that happened, you got to remember uh, there was a movie that came out, I don't know, maybe a decade prior to that called The China Syndrome. Jane Fonda and Jack Lemmon. Yeah, that was that was scary. To me, yeah. that was a scary movie. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, me too. And, I don't uh, remember it. <laughs> I don't. I remember being upset by it. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, this can happen? This is real? Because did that ha- come out after Three Mile Island? Was that I a result of that? I think it was actually that? like, it was or within before. a few months of either way, I don't recall. But I remember it happening. And like, it was like, you know what? It came out before. Because I remember like Johnny Carson or somebody like that saying, hey, that was a pretty good, uh, you know publicity stunt to move that movie ahead you know having mm-hmm. that nuclear power issue over there in three mile island but anyway i remember when that happened in 86 and they were talking about it and i went okay is it going to be just isolated to that area because here's here's what i'm thinking i'm 26 years old i'm going that is that going to destroy the world is the whole world going to be destroyed by that and they kept showing the plume of radiation because it's going from you know from west to east it was going uh, east to it was going. It was going, kind of north. Was it going north? West, but some of it was going northeast towards Moscow. Oh, I don't remember that at and all. And you know what the Soviets did? Put up some fans. They took dry ice. They were cloud seeding, so it would rain. It would. They could. It would, the radiation would rain down mm-hmm. on small towns before it got to Moscow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But I remember that plume, and it just it struck me as, they're going to contaminate all of Europe. Mm-hmm. They're going to destroy Europe. What are we going to do about that? You know, that kind of surprised me. And the other thing that I remember later on, remember the uh, the Skylab that was the... the uh, Skylab. Not Skylab. It was the International Space Station. Yeah. But uh, prior to that, there were other little projects they had up there and the soviets were always so good at fixing things they always had to have duct tape and wrench sets and all that stuff because everything they had was crap it was junk the russians could fix things Mm -hmm. because they couldn't build anything of any quality so they had to know how to fix it and you'd hear about them up in space where there's no room for mistakes and they've might you know taken a wrench and manufactured it on the inside the pod with something else and some duct tape and you know 
spit and bailing wire, and they could actually work on something on the outside of their capsule. Mm. I was amazed by Speaking that. Speaking of the Soviets, um, did you ever hear of Operation Chrome Dome? Yes. I just learned about it this week. Yeah. I couldn't believe it, that they actually flew continuous missions with B-52s carrying nuclear weapons flying over Greenland and the North Pole, just in case the Russians did something first that they could retaliate immediately. And they did that for years. Oh, see, that I didn't realize it was that long. Years. And there were a few accidents. Well... One near Goldsboro, North Carolina, where the plane crashed. Was that a Soviet? But, no. That was a United States. United States. Yeah. But it didn't detonate. No. But... There's uh, another one that's lost in the ocean. Did you know that? Yeah. But it was interesting. I learned about it, and I don't know how much of it... I mean, obviously, it's it's entertainment, too. It's a podcast or a yeah. series called America American History Tellers with Lindsey Graham, not the Lindsey Graham, the senator. <laughs> but this guy does breakdown of dozens of great events in our country's history, the mm-hmm. Revolutionary War, the Civil War, the, the yellow fever epidemic of 1793 oh, yeah. in Philadelphia, which is very entertaining, plus the Cold War. And it's very interesting. So anyway, that's it. If you want to listen to that, that's good. I'm recommending American History Tellers to our audience. Yes. Hopefully they won't abandon us. No. For good. Anything that's historical, if you know the truth, not the sanitized version that corporations or governments put out, it's going to be pretty interesting. Way more interesting than anything they're making in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I advise people to watch that Have stuff. you seen Oppenheimer? I have not. I, want to, I wanted to see it. I just didn't get a get the opportunity to go hmm. yeah did you see it i did see it in the theater yeah. over the summer it's long i'd like to i think i'll watch it again because there's so many interesting nuanced things to this movie it's not a action-packed movie nope. excitement it's pretty cerebral and a lot of nuance and um, robert downey jr won best supporting actor for his role okay i remember Strauss. being a kid and, and reading about the uh, atomic testing there. And one of the first explosions that they did, they detonated, they're all down in the holes and they're watching with the binoculars and everything. And they actually had soldiers out in the field, you know. They thought they blew the world up. They thought that the world just got blown up and they were, it scared the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. And that just always made me think, you mean to tell me you detonated something you had no idea well, they don't what know. was going to happen? no idea. Why would you detonate it then? Well, when they were detonating the first time, they didn't know idea how big it would be, how far it would go. Then they started doing the underground testing. But it's just a disaster. Um, well, the idea that they have these thousands of warheads floating around or in silos underground on subs and... If that ever started, um, just be the country, everyone would be destroyed. Yeah, everyone would be dead. Ninety nine percent of the population of the world would be dead in like a few weeks. Especially if it was that big of a con- uh, um, use of weapons, where they blocked out the sun and everything froze over, and the crops were killed and everything. And the only people who survived would be the ones who had underground bunkers. But why would yeah. you want to survive? They that? wouldn't be the lucky ones, would they? Do you ever see the Twilight Zone one with Burgess Meredith? Oh yeah, who loved to read, read. and yeah. be in peace and quiet, and he yeah. finally had his peace and quiet because the, the whole world was destroyed. And but then, then what he, happened? His glasses broke. He broke his glasses. You know, going back to the the nuclear warfare and 
the first explosion. Have you remember? Have you ever seen all the video they have of that, where the the bomb going off and it just the house explodes houses? like a matchbook, like yeah. a house of cards. Do you know that's all fake? Is it? And that's not a conspiracy theory. You got to think about it. Why did the camera stay active? That's true. But didn't they? Are you sure it's fake, or you I'm think it's fake? Sure. No, I'm. I've read something on it twice, and I'm going. I bought into that since I saw it the first time. Well, you know what? Even if it's real or not, that's probably what would happen. Actually, what they said is things vaporize. The heat will just vaporize it. Everything, even buildings. Uh, probably not concrete buildings, but wood structures. Human beings, for the most part, are just going to evaporate. They're just going to because there's so much liquid in them, and it's gone. The heat just. And then I, d- I just read a news article about a elderly couple in in their mid 80s in South Carolina were found yesterday or last week in their house apparently they they said the heater in their house got to a thousand degrees the the inside of the house was 120 degrees their body temperatures were over 106 bizarre i have no idea how that happened or what happened but maybe we'll hear more about it i saw it in people magazine or online you know back in the old days i'm not going to tell you what years they were because i don't really know i just remember again reading something back in the day things like refrigerators Furnaces, early air conditioners killed a lot of people mm-hmm. because they would leak. Refrigerators would like leak. Like you mean a, kill, like explode? No, they would poison them with air. Oh, oh. The air conditioners and the furnaces would just leak carbon monoxide inside the house. Hmm. They, they didn't perfect it yet, and when they started, that just was what happened. And the refrigerators had a gas that was inside. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I think it was a, was a refrigerant, maybe. I don't recall. But that would leak and kill families all the time. Hmm. So you'd be buying this stuff, putting it in your house, they'd kill you. Well, one last thing before we go. All right. It's, it's all of, time already. I know. I'm looking Unless forward to the next Unless we want to go for one. hours. Uh, we don't want to do that. But, you know, um, I watched this documentary, a Shell. Remember Shell used to have these movies? Like little documentaries about you know, construction sites. And they were like educational films. And one was about flying in the 1950s. And it was interesting to see those old planes before the jets. But the people dressed up and they got served like full course meals and everything was so exciting. And and I'm sure the safety of airplanes today is, I don't know, I don't want to say anything, but I'm sure it is extremely, not extremely, much more safer to fly now than it was 70 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, and more people, comfortable and, and, but you see these airplanes taking off because you know we go it's like these yeah. slow climbs and it was probably very noisy and mm-hmm. probably a lot rougher because yeah. not all of them went that high so if you're flying at like 15,000 feet 18,000 feet it's you, know, you can't go you can't go higher so but it was interesting to watch how people dressed and we've talked about this no pajamas no flip-flops <laughs> Men in suits or yeah. nice sport coats with hats and women in dresses with hats. Little kids in hats. <laughs> smoking. They'd say, please uh, keep your seatbelt fastened. And no smoking until we reach altitude. <laughs> that was a... Talk about a stupid idea. Yeah. I remember my first flight when I was a kid. People were smoking. Because you know what would happen now if they allowed smoking? Someone would just light their cl- themselves on fire or something, and then that would be... Yeah. You know, even if they were flame retardant seat covers and stuff but that was just you're playing with fire yeah you know 
when you tell me this, and I've seen that, I've seen them all sitting in their little suits and hats and everybody's excited. It was so new getting on an airplane and flying somewhere. Now people just do it and, and loathe going to an airport and going through the, you know, the baggage checks and waiting for it. They hate it. It's not mm-hmm. fun anymore. Mm-hmm. We got over the whole special well, part I watch of it. a lot of videos on YouTube with people flying, like Jeb Brooks and Paul Lucas. Oh, those guys. Those guys. And yeah. they to make it seem so exciting and so much fun. And I get really hyped up. Oh, yeah, we're going to be sitting in premium economy, and that's going to be fantastic. And it's a little bit nicer, but honestly, it's just a drag. I made two transatlantic flights, um, one in 20, round trips in 2022 and 2023, and it sucks. Yeah. You're in a plane for 10 hours. Oh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I think we talked about it's that. It's a little more comfortable because it's a little wider seat and you have a little bit more leg room. But really, unless you're lying down and have a big you know, area, it's very uncomfortable for that long. Yeah. And especially when your screen doesn't work properly and you get all these little bugs floating you know, the in and out and zaps and the weird things I always seem to get. That seems to be my luck every time. Yeah. Get the lousy screen. You see... When you, when you see the people in suits and hats and looking happy and smiling and smoking, that was the same thing when you used to go out when we were kids to dinner. Mm-hmm. When you went out to dinner, you went to a restaurant, you had to get dressed up. You couldn't go in a, a t-shirt, like a t-shirt I'm wearing or sweatpants and, and sneakers. That was not proper attire. You had to have a dress shirt. And in some restaurants to this day still require a jacket. But we got over that too. All yeah. the things that we kind of were, that were kind of special... What is the special? novelty wore off, and now it's commonplace. That's why you see that. I think mm. that's my that's my theory. So you think the way you dress reflects maybe what a society is like, or it affects the culture negatively. I think when you see something that is truly special, and it is for the more elite members of our society, because flying was, eating out was. The way to separate from the the common guys is to dress differently. You know, it's interesting. We've gone places where um, going to say a, a, a show mm-hmm. at the theater or a concert, like mm-hmm. hearing the symphony or or whatever. You know, I went to see Mannheim Steamroller, and I wore comfortable pants, little bit athletic trainers, whatever you okay. call them, with, and I'm like these. Clothes I'm wearing costs more than the dude sitting in the nice sweater and dockers, <laughs> so I don't know what we're talking about here. Oh, yeah. But it's all about comfort. I mean, you can look good and comfortable and not look like a like slob. Me. Yeah, I'm a slob. I, I'm, I'm going on and telling you right now. That's what I am. <laughs> but, you know, you're on the couch and you can get up. I remember one time, the first time I ever wore what you call fleece pants, oh, yeah. you know, sweatpants. Right. My dad gave me a hard time. This is almost 40 years ago. He was like, I cannot believe you're going out in underwear. He thought that was like I was wearing long johns or something. He was just outraged, yeah. outraged by that. He yeah. thought that was just the most ridiculous thing he'd ever seen. Who dresses like that? Yeah, just about everybody now. Yep. So Take what? Care. Before we go, what kind of event these days separates the elite folk? When I say elite, I'm not trying to make that a political statement. People that have money and means from well, those that don't. Well, I don't. But well, I'll tell you this: eight. Eight, about 10 years ago, I went to see the violinist, Yitzhak Perlman. Mm-hmm. I wore a sport coat okay. and slacks. All right. I thought, oh, I'm going to, it's a cultural thing. It's, yeah. a, you know, 
If I went today, I wouldn't wear a sport coat. <laughs> it's just too much trouble. Yeah. It gets hot. It gets hot. And it's confining. I just want to be, I want to stretch out. I but I think, stretch out and just be comfortable. But I think that's one of the things is music, orchestral music, uh, that kind of performance is so, you're going to you're going to probably need to wear a sport jacket. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to come in in a you know I love New York T-shirt with a pair of shorts and some sandals. That's the difference now. What you're having is you have these more casual outfits attire, like a casual zipper top with nice pants and nice shoes. That costs probably five hundred dollars. So you can have those people going to things versus the person in the, you know, SpongeBob T-shirt and <laughs> fleece sweatpants yeah. and old sneakers. You know, so yeah, people are going more casual, but they're fancy casual, right? Yeah, I've seen a suit that's actually a hoodie. Yeah, and I laughed at it because I thought it was like a Saturday Night Live thing, but it was the real. Thing. And, and ties, you don't, I mean, you still see ties, but among the younger broadcasters, I've noticed like on, not maybe not at the network level, but local affiliates, Yeah. you know, the sports guy, the weather guy, they're just wearing a, a, a jacket with a shirt, but mm-hmm. no tie. I'm cool with that. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think ties have uh, been here long enough. Mm-hmm. We should, we should retire them with a Tyrannosaurus Rex or something. Does, does the idea of the tie look stupid? Silly, just looks... just picturing you're wearing a shirt, but then I'll throw this thing around my neck and put a little thing that hangs down. Yeah, doesn't I, it look silly if you really I, think about I'm it. I'm used to it, so it doesn't look silly. But I always wondered why. Yeah, what about that is necessary in the business world? What or... makes it look fancier? Really? No. What makes it oh, look fancier? Because you have know. this thing, you do the top button, you have this thing like flopping down your the front of you. It's it's almost like. What it got to be with me is almost like a bumper sticker for your suit. <laughs> you know, you could wear like your favorite team on there or uh, some fish hooks with uh, fishing gear. Yeah, or... That's a great idea. They should do that. And then you could have your political candidate on there. I'll bet they exist. What do you think about people who put the signs out on their yards? I once wrote about that. I said, it's really interesting how people do that for this. But they don't do it for like the deodorant they use, <laughs> or the toothpaste, or the the brand of coffee. Yeah, I think I think some people put it out to try and reinforce that brand, mm-hmm. so that anybody that's left on the uh, left on the fence go, oh, well, that person's for that person, so I like that person, so I want to be for that person too. Well, in today's climate, it's almost scary. It is. You put something out there, you don't know who's going to come by and. Steal it or destroy it or set it on fire. Or shoot at your house, which happened recently. Uh, yeah, I uh, now it's really, I think a lot of times, especially when you see more than one in a yard, mm-hmm. it's meant to incite. But I think, well, I see people who put tons of them. Yeah. Like every candidate of that party at different levels, the state, the local, yeah. the national. I just think uh, maybe some things are better private. I don't need I to wish know how true. you vote. Yep. I remember as a kid, we'd go out. To places. It wasn't like, oh, we're not going to go here because the owner voted. That wasn't even discussed. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, if they make good food, they make good food. If they sell you a nice product and they're nice to you, who cares? I don't want to know. And why people just feel the need these days to just spew not only that, but everything else. Yep. I woke up and my stomach hurts and I've been in the bathroom all morning. Or... Um, you know, and we're talking social media right now, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous, yeah. and and I don't want to know. It was better if we were ignorant about those things. We weren't ignorant. No, we I just... don't. Ignorant. It meaning I don't 
care who you, I don't need to know. And if I like hanging out with you, I like hanging out. I don't need to know who you voted nope. for because it's not going to change one thing in the world. Nope. I'm the same way. Uh, but on the, on the, on the flip side of that, I've been with, I've got some friends that are the moment we meet up, it starts. And it's like, what, what do you do? It's like, okay, just pump the brakes, mm-hmm. take it easy. We're, we're going to talk about something other than that. Why? What are you afraid of? I'm afraid of punching you in the chops and getting in my car and leaving and never seeing you again. So I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I don't think we're going to be able to fix that. Unless I don't think, we think it's going to be worse. I know we got the uh, Iowa caucus next week and then the New Hampshire primary, which will be interesting to see how many people write Joe Biden's name in on the ballot because he's not on the ballot in New Hampshire. Yeah. And that Dean Phillips is. Yeah. And Marianne Williamson, the author who's kind of into kabuki theater or whatever, <laughs> astrology. Yeah. But I, uh, it, 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 that could be a big disaster for Biden. If he does not do well and he doesn't get that support at the write-in, you know that'll be that's an interesting. That'll be worth watching because I know that I think it's the next week is South Carolina. I think that's the primary that he wanted to be first in. Mm-hmm. But uh, that could spell disaster for him. We'll Probably see. won't. But just like how Lyndon Johnson, with uh, when he was not doing well at the beginning of that political campaign, Eugene McCarthy, I think. Uh, that just forced him to s- step aside. I don't think it's going to matter because this is just theater. We can't guess what's going to happen. Based on things we know, it's going to all fly out the window. Something weird's going to happen. It's we all just need to keep our sanity. That's what that's that's the key thing here. Yeah, I don't... just had this one thought: keep our sanity here. But do you think with all this excitement and chaos going on with everything here that? China might just step in and go over to Taiwan. Yeah. Especially with sure, we're our all... bogged down in Ukraine. Yeah, and in the Ukraine and Israel, thing. yeah. Plus, there's all sorts of things going in South America no right now. stop them. That's probably right. China is be like, what are you going to do? So It really amazes me that China, who has their own massive issues, they've got issues upon issue, and yet they want to add to it. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Well, let it go. Well, they they firmly believe that's part of this country. So I mean, well, it kind of is if you do the history on it. it well, then they is. have a right. Yeah. Are you saying you're a communist sympathizer? Have you ever been, or do you? <laughs> okay, we're not grilling you. Sorry. Anyway. All right. I guess it's time to go. <laughs> Your cat says, "Hey, it's time to eat. Let's roll." Time to walk the cat. All right. Well, thanks again. Good to see you. Good to see you. Happy New Year. It's the only time we're going to say it because I think by next week it's too late. It's too late now. Yeah. But happy new year. Hope it's a good one for you and everyone has a good time. And thanks for listening. Remember to listen, share, tell everyone about Scoop and Suds. Everyone. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye.